Okay. Damn, that's some good shit. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, tequila with club soda and some oranges in there. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, we are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. Um, my, my name is Mark DeMeo. I'm with my co-host, Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Hey, Living large, you know. Trying to. Anyway. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to alter my setup. I want people to be able to see the police off the cuff sign. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to sit to the right of the camera. How's that look? Is it look all right? It's okay, but you can sit. You you, you kind of sort of look twisted. Yeah, you can twisted. See it. Yeah, you but can see I, it. yeah, I don't want to be too twisted. I'm twisted enough, you know. We got a great guest tonight. He's back with us again. He's a hilarious key, uh, comedian. He also has his, uh, a, a number of podcasts, New York City Crime Report, Crime Report. He has his own show on Compound Media. What's up, Pat Dixon? How's it going, Mark? Hey, Bill. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. I, I love that guy sitting at the end of the bar. He was here the last time, too. That guy must be drunk as hell. Yeah, Robert Mitchum, man. He can really put him away. <laughs> <laughs> well, what movie is that from? It's from uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. I've never, never, never heard of it, but that is a famous picture. Yeah, it's a great crime movie. Uh, the guy is like kind of a small time criminal and whatnot, and you know, shit's not going too good for him. Let me write down Friends of Eddie Coyle. I like that. I'm going to check it out after this. Mm. How's your uh, radio show going on Compound Media, the crime report? No, better than ever. You know, we have plenty to talk about these days. It's hard not to get political because politics is tied into everything now. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, mm. I, w- I wanted to show everyone this. I'm so proud of this This right here coming up there. Isn't that amazing? What is that? That's, a, that's the flyer for the show. What do you mean, what is it? <laughs> I couldn't see it. I didn't have my glasses on. Oh. <laughs> well, right now I'm just seeing your screen with all your... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a thumbnail. Oh, you can't see it? Well, you didn't bring it up. You oh, just, okay. Uh, you got your finger on it. All right, let me get off. I just thought you guys could all see it and, and marvel at my artistic integrity there. No, they're getting good, man. They're about a hundred percent better than anything I could put together. <laughs> hey, we got Mark. We got some fans in live chat that are coming over from uh, Duty Run, man. Some really Mimi J two, John Bear, Nashville Late Terry. We're getting people from all over the country now. Twelve Step Woman, That's White's P forty four, amazing. Yeah, I got to log on to that. I thought I, I didn't realize we started so quick. But yeah, so what's so tell us? You said you try you, most of the time you try to avoid politics and stick to crime, but now you kind of sort of have to, right? Everybody starts complaining when you get political too. You know, they're like, ah, just try to stick to the crime. And I like talking about crime. Believe me, you know, there's lots to talk about. But man, they they started making uh, politics reach into every like every uh, house and bedroom, and you know, now with COVID, that gets politicized. I mean, it's political to begin with, probably. I don't know what you guys think about it. But the whole thing, you know, obviously what's going on now, there's there's uh, two different versions of every story happening. And, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's 
it, it seems as if uh, there's always a new law to make it harder to enforce uh, to make it harder to enforce the law and easier to get out of uh, you know being punished for it. Yeah, unless you accuse somebody of uh, stealing your phone. Not, I hate that girl. I think she's a piece of shit. But and she's part of a. Um, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. This whole millennial thing, but the idea of going all the way to California to bring somebody back on an attempted assault and an attempted uh, robbery. It's uh, and I don't even think that the robbery charge. How is it a robbery? I, I don't well, I don't know what they're going to charge her with, but the idea of holding a warrant for her and going all the way to California to get her, it just seems like uh, such an overreach. I get it. It was a, a heinous crime. I, I don't like it at all. Um, if that was my son, by the way, and anybody touched my son, man or woman, they're going to get a beating. I'm going to beat them right there in front of everybody. I don't care. Don't touch my son. So she would have caught a beating that day right there. I would have been locked up. Nobody else. That being said, uh, I never heard of anything like that, like going all the way to California for those charges. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, sometimes the department wouldn't even send detectives to California on some on certain homicides. They didn't want to pay for it, you know. Wow. Wow. Is that a fact? Really? Yeah, I mean, look, most of the time, if, if they needed a statement or something like that, yeah, they'd send the detectives. But if the detectives had to go back for some reason, they'd be like, oh, you guys already went there. This is ridiculous. And they acted like a trip for a detective was like sending them to Disney World, you know? Oh, right. And yeah, like, like, it was, like it was a big reward, you know? Yeah. Well, you, know, now the, you know, the furthest I got to travel when I was I was a sergeant. I got to Willamette, Connecticut, which is probably the armpit of the USA. And by, by car, I never got a, a plane trip anywhere. <laughs> Sounds nice. <laughs> no, I agree, though. To go all the way out there to get her is totally political. You know, I mean, like once it's on the public's radar, it seems like something like that. Oh, she wrongfully accused. Her. That's the big thing now that she's a Karen, the Soho Karen wrongfully accusing somebody. Give me a break. I mean, no damage done. Everybody just go their separate ways and the kind of they should be over. But I mean. Uh, is anybody really that fragile? You know, that I mean, like the, she made a mistake. It was an error. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think she's shouldn't seem like, uh, you know, the uh, future of America. Or she doesn't like seem that. like a very nice person. Put it no, that way. Not at all. No, she no. left a whole uh, string of uh, uh, open cases in L.A. when she came to New York. She had like, I think, three open cases. One of them was uh, she was drunk with her mother somewhere. And it's ironic that her mother happened to be sitting there when she's doing her uh, interview with Gail King, like <laughs> like she's going to help her. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I, I understand. I understand that that was a bad thing to do. We'd like to have her back so she can face her charges. If she's ever going to come back to New York again, there'll be an open warrant for her, an I-card for her. But to go all the way there, I mean, what the only reason why you're doing that is because because I don't know, you want to end racism? Is that what you want to do? Is that yeah. the way you're going to do it? <laughs> yeah, ending racism. Uh, that's it. They have these impossible goals, you know, that they can't reach. And so they think like, uh, you know, that'll never be solved. Therefore, you know, it's a perfect, it's a perfect thing to argue about. You know, they'll always have that. I, I hate it. I hate it. It's ridiculous. It, that's what stokes racism, all that stuff. Yeah, ending yeah. racism causes more racism than anything. No, I was looking online. This is uh, uh, that clickbait. Hold on one second. That clickbait, you know, so I'm looking online for that story. And then all of a sudden it says, um, whatever her name is. Uh, uh, Maya something. No, yeah, no bail posted. Like, for example, she's they weren't even offering her bail when she came back to New York. And I was like, what? 
What? That was just, it was just, and then I clicked on the article and there was nothing about bail in the article. So I'm like, wait a minute. That was just a headline to click me to get, and now I'm, because I was upset. I was like, what? They gave her bail? I mean, they gave her no bail. Like she can't even get out on, on bail. Like, and you're letting, uh, they're letting robbers and assaulters and people with like really, but then yeah. I, there was yeah. no validity to it as far as I could see. So it just leads me to believe that that was just a, a something for me to click on that particular article, and that's what we're up against right now. That that type of um, you know they want to stroke the fan, you know they want they want to make you crazy. Yeah, people probably click more when they're angry than they than they're, when they're excited to read something. You know, it's anger makes you do all kinds of stuff online. Which brings us to this point, because you once again, you mentioned how you always try to you pretty much try to stay away from politics on your crime report. You just rather deal with the crime stories, but it's being pulled in. And I think, you know, like I was thinking to myself, I don't want to I want to like kind of sort of be in my bubble right now. I don't want to be so involved in politics at this point. I don't even care if I'm informed anymore. The truth is, I just want them to take my tax money and leave me alone. But it's almost impossible, you know, because. Um, it's like you said, it's entrenched in everything. And, um, I feel like, you know, you, not only do you have to be a pick a side, but you have to be informed and, um, the God bless the people that aren't man. God bless the people that, uh, <laughs> that just, you know, can go about their day and, and not have uh, a care in the world one way or the other. Well, how would you think there's people in this world that ha- don't have a cell phone and don't go for social media? They probably feel a lot freer than we do, because we're slaves to it. Probably, yeah. yeah I'd say you're well, probably right. All three of us here, I'm sure, are slaves to our cell phone, right? Of course, of course. We Who'd were hooked. Agree? We're hooked in, right? Pat, yes. would you, Pat, would you buy that guy a beer? A uh, guy behind you? Would you? T- oh, hey, buy, yeah, buy one with- <laughs> around for yeah. yeah. Get him a drink with me. Yeah, hey, okay. put it on. Uh, put it on the POC after. <laughs> yeah. Heard that? Hey. Um, since this is a police show, man, and we'd like to give a, I want to give a shout out to that hero cop, uh, the Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman, who went above and beyond the call of duty. I was scared watching that video. Uh, if you don't know which one I'm talking about, it's when uh, he's constantly, he's, they're, they're after him, they're following him everywhere he's going in the Capitol, up the stairs, around the corner. He's trying to keep this mob at bay, and somehow he does it, and he regroups with his other officers. Uh, smart tactics all the way around, not engaging them, save themselves from uh, from possibly getting hurt and killed. Uh, but that guy's a hero, man. Yeah, salute, salute to service. You know, I mean, like anybody in that situation, it's three hundred thousand to uh, what a few hundred or something. I mean, they, from what I understand, they had called for more people, but they, you know, they, they denied it. The, you know, the guy who stepped down and called for more people. But. There's so much interesting stuff coming down about that. Um, like, for example, you know, we both know um, Robert Downey Jr. All of us know Robert Downey Jr. And his girlfriend, they put up a video. They were there. And they brought up an interesting point that that was their third Trump rally. And they noticed on this last one that they had gotten closer to the Capitol than they had ever gotten before. And at some point, they realized they were in the parking lot. And they were both like, like, wait a minute, we're in the parking lot. And the parking lot is where the politicians parked their cars, right? And they had never been that close to the Capitol before. And there was no barricades. There was nobody deterring them from that point on. Oh. So, you know, there's so many, uh, now there's a, a Congressman 
that is looking into uh, whether uh, the Capitol Police helped them, yep. you know, get in. And those videos where they're ushering them in, <laughs> it doesn't help either. Did you see those videos? Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. No, no, door. no, over here, over here. <laughs> yeah, hey, what's up, man? I think that, that it was an Antifa thing, you know? I mean, it was an op, it seems to me. I mean, like, I don't have a whole lot of evidence to that, except what you're describing. Yeah. The only thing that I could think of is that there was another video of cops in a really bad situation. They were trapped in like a small little uh, entrance that was probably around the side. And they were using the barricades and some plastic shields, whatever, to push these cops into a corner. And it looked like there was like a thousand, maybe 5,000 people behind them bum rushing in. Oh. So maybe they ho they opened those up as valves and said, let's let them just get in because we don't want anybody getting killed right now. Yes. Which happened anyway but uh the officer got killed may he rest in peace and uh the, the vet got killed and uh the guy who shocked his balls got killed what the guy who shocked his ball the guy with the taser he shocked his balls well he had hidden the taser in his uh drawers and uh at some point i guess maybe you know he got in a bunch or whatever but he kept shocking himself in his testicles until he got a heart attack and died Hey, uh, we got a shout out to Duty Ron. He just gave us 30 bucks on live chat. Thank you, Duty Ron. Duty Ron, you're the man. Thank you so much. We're going to buy the guy at the bar a drink, though, with that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. We appreciate it. That's very cool. It's, uh, this, is our, this is our first night on, you know, the big live chat, the uh, super chat, it's called. Thanks again, Duty Ron. He's helping us out increase our audience on youtube he's given me youtube lessons you yeah know. he's done uh he's done a, he's done a great job man I, I, we're gonna have him on on thursday and um i'm, I'm very happy to meet him because what he's doing is beyond the call of duty thank you duty ron you so know i think there was a lot of um politics to look no one can agree or support what happened on wednesday it was horrendous you know to see the basically the command and control center for the uh United States of America being invaded like that was horrendous to, to watch. But I think they politically, I think they did not assign enough police and enough security to that. And that's a fact. And I think that goes probably to the DC mayor because she's known she's infamous for that kind of stuff. Well, they didn't, they didn't call in the national guards or they had them. I don't know what the, what they, they offered their help to national guard and they never got back to them, but they didn't, they said, no, well, the guy who, sta who, who stepped down, who resigned, I read today, he called for help. Uh, he said a couple of days before, he said, just in case we should get some more, you know, guys. And uh, they said, nah, and they didn't want to uh, declare an emergency or whatnot, whatever it would require. And so that's, that's what happened. But to me, if, if they make it into the Capitol, they were intended to make it into the, into the Capitol. You know, I mean, that, that doesn't happen without, without some amount of, uh, you know, I mean, a breach like that—that's that's about as serious as it gets. You know, you got the new vice president in there. You got uh, there's just too much going on, in my opinion, for that to have been anything but intentional. Well, as a result of what happened at the Capitol, now the inauguration—they they already um, are going to lock it down. Like I don't know, four or five days beforehand, they uh, they're debating whether they should arm the mil The military is going to be there, but should they be armed? Um, the CIA is involved, Homeland Security, uh, FBI. Everybody's going to be out in full force. Um, 
uh, you're not even going to get. So now the plan is, to, I guess, to attack federal buildings all over the country. So that makes him nervous. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, like that doesn't seem like MAGA people to me. You know, no. I, it's I they're know. threats. They're threats. But I'm just saying the magnitude of uh, this inauguration is going to go off without a hitch, um, and they'll make sure of that. I, I you know something. Think, I'm sorry. No. If you don't speak out against violence all the time, when you do it some of the time, it just doesn't sound sincere, you know? And there's a lot of people now that are speaking out against it that weren't, frankly, uh, in the last seven months. And I find that disturbing because I found Wednesday's attack on our nation's capital, I found that disturbing. I really did. But I also found the seven months of rioting disturbing you know and no matter what your cause is in my mind if you use violence to accomplish it then that's not the way to accomplish uh, change anytime you put a police officer in harm's way i don't like it and i'm sure bill doesn't either um so as far as protests go and riots and all that stuff absolutely against it and the idea that you know i would be for it is absurd um, I'm always pro law enforcement and for the thousands and thousands of cops that might have been there from all over the country and um, and the firefighters now that are there, you know, and the former military or active military. This is an interesting situation because, um, you know, they're getting arrested or they're getting fired from their jobs just because they were there. Now, whether they can put them inside the Capitol, that's a different story. Should you be fired if you were inside the Capitol? Uh, that's a question that, you know, um, I have to sh- I struggle with because that to me is um, you can't do that. You know, you can, if, if you see everybody that's breaking the law, I don't care what it what what's going on. You know, if you're going to break the law, you're going to have to pay the price. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. but the idea is if you just happen to be there at the pro Trump rally and you took videos of yourself and you come back to your police department, you left right after the president finished his speech or before then, never went close to the Capitol. I mean, you're going to be fired for going to a protest? Yeah. No, I, I don't think they could do that unless you breached the Capitol. If you were yeah, just at the protest, how could they fire you? There's a lot of shady stuff going online right now. Got people getting suspended. But you can't always believe what's online. You got to get it from the horse's mouth. What actually I mean, happened? These are news stories. I'm not getting it. I'm getting it. You know, well, news. That's an even better way not to believe it if it's from the press. You know, well, they. I mean, they print stuff that is so not true, and you know, then you have uh, broadcast stations like CNN that you can't believe anything that they broadcast. But you can, you can, you can see the knee-jerk reaction to somebody posting an active member of uh, the service be it fire department or uh, military, police, you could see the knee-jerk reaction to somebody posting a video that you're at the Trump rally and uh, it's on your Facebook and now all of a sudden you're being suspended because you were there. So what do I have to prove? That I didn't go in the Capitol? Where's the, where's the evidence? I guess, you know. But the, but that's, it's a political prosecution all around. You know, I mean, like the, it's just like what they're doing on social media as well. They're booting people off just for things they think, who they're aligned with. They've been like, look, I, Forbes magazine, the editor uh, wrote an editorial saying he doesn't want any of these people hired by any company, anybody who worked for Trump. You know, they're going to be digging in your business if you hire any of those people. That's not right either. 
you know i mean like and it's in terms of law enforcement yeah you know, i mean like i i'm not a cop and, and or anything but i think that they've got the same rights as anybody else just to attend the rally so you know but the, the, unfortunately the same kind of thing i think is going to happen to them you know just well the, you know pat that's like mccarthyism it's I like know. blacklisting people in you know in show business back in the day saying they were communists yeah this is, this, this, if you're if you're in Hollywood and you're an actor or actress, with the word here is was an actor and actress and a Trump supporter because uh, yeah it's ironic that all these people were predicting all this and he was capable of this that and the other and then with less than two weeks um, they were all right and whatever they said um, came to fruition. That being said, let me give a shout out to uh, Bill Ryan. He says, Mark, remember when the police in New York rallied at City Hall against Mayor Dinkins? Um, they were trying to jam up everybody. They were trying to jam up everybody that was even present and didn't participate in the craziness. Yeah, we had a rally back in New York when it was time to get rid. Uh, they wanted to get rid of uh, David Dinkins as mayor. He was kind of uh, he was with the Blasio light. Just let it put it. Let's put it that way. Um, if the Blasio dark. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, de Blasio is uh, is far worse to the police than the David Dinkins ever was. You know, David Dinkins had statements, this, that and the other, but they weren't changing laws that made it handcuff the police either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, there was a huge rally for him. And, you know, uh, let's just say it wasn't it wasn't uh, the finest. They weren't that their finest that day. Uh, duty run guys and gals the super chat button okay duty run hit us up with another 10 man so we got 40 duty ron man <laughs> duty ron is the is he drinking tonight i, think I don't know i think he's emptying his pockets that's for sure <laughs> matt scully says that uh, eugene goodman took the path to defend all enemies foreign and domestic so help me god um 12 step woman media manipulation only showing up snippets and omitting what they don't want us to see which brings us to an interesting point about social media. Trump got banned from social media now. Pretty much everything. I think they just, um, MySpace just blocked him today. And um, <laughs> Oh, shit. I can't. What would I do without MySpace? <laughs> uh, they're all, they're all Spotify blocked them. He can't listen to his nursery rhymes anymore, whatever he listens to, his <laughs> Eminem music. Uh, everybody's blocking him, which brings up this point. I mean, what look if you look throughout history, whenever a group of people are not allowed to communicate, what do they do? They communicate quietly or they find a way to communicate. You have 75 million people that voted for Trump. If you can't, if one of those people can't create a platform, media platform, so these people can communicate, and now you're going to have a completely divided world. If you think it was uh divided before, wait till you see like where half the country is literally watching one thing and half the country is watching the other. Well, I think they're trying to shut it down for the short term. I think that's the main thing. They don't want, there's some information that they don't want to surface on their platform, you know? So they're making sure that anybody connected to it, anybody who would do that is gone, I think. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, the most uh, censorship there is, it's done through omission. If a story can hurt one side or the other, just don't report it. For example, the Hunter Biden story. It's not yeah. even being reported. Well, you know, they're saving that for a very quiet day. Picture this day. It's about six months into Biden's presidency. Trump is gone. He hasn't peeped up for, for a day or two. 
and uh, they got nothing to talk about. Guess what they're going to revisit? Even if they have no plans to go further with it, it's just something to talk about, to chat about. Whatever happened to Hunter Biden and his uh, accusations, they're going to have to bring something up. If there's nothing there, it's going to rear its ugly head again. And uh, now there's no Trump to, to beat up on. They're going to they're going to need news. Well, they're going to need to get him out of the way so Kamala Harris could be the president, too. How long do you think that's going to take? About six know. months. <laughs> I still haven't accepted Joe Biden's going to be president. Is that right? It's hard. It's hard to take. It's real hard to take. I'm well, sorry, I, can't I, even, I can't even imagine that it's true. I read the t- I read something today about, um, you know, Joe Biden's wife, you know, like trying to like um, being his advocate and po- uh, basically keeping him up because uh, so he can stay president while they're trying to do the 25th Amendment behind her back. Yeah. You know, yeah. from our live chat, Nashville Lee Terrier, sitting president is blocked from Twitter. But the Ayatollah Khomeini has been and continues to tweet to bring down the U.S. and other rants that are blatantly anti-Semitic. Oh, you said the key word right there. He's trying to bring down the U.S. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's woke to do that. <laughs> it really is. They hate it. They hate the United States and they want it to end. And once you realize that's their motivation, then everything they do makes sense. Yeah. To, 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 to quote know, if, uh, Ann Coulter. If um, if what is the Democrats are going to be protesting in the future? I can't imagine, especially for the next two years, where you have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. So who's going to protest? It's going to be these patriots starting their new uh, party. You know what I'm saying? The Patriot Party, and they're going to be the ones. And who's going to be in the forefront of the Patriot Party, except the people that uh, are paid to create anarchy at protest? So BLM and Antifa, they found a new home now. They led the charge inside the Capitol. And now they got a new home. They're going to be protesting with the Patriots. I don't think so, man. I think that, I think it's going to be racism for now and forever. That's what they'll be protesting is racism. Well, you know, Antifa was protesting today in New York. Oh, excuse me, on Sunday in New York City. Yeah. There was a couple of hundred Antifa in Times Square. For no good reason. They were just saying after the Proud Boys. Yeah. It just goes to show you how many people like, you know, if you have really a passion or something that you're pursuing, a drive, there's very little time for socializing. Um, You want everything, all your energies to go towards your goal. When you don't have that, when you don't have that void, when you have that void there, um, that's when, you know, something else can crep in. Uh, Maybe something like that we can go to and I can get to make new friends. And that's what these protests happen. The adrenaline rush that happens to these people when they get in a situation that they could possibly be arrested, they see an act of violence, you know, their blood is pumping. That's intoxicating to somebody that doesn't really have anything like that going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see it from the left and these protesters out there for the, uh, you know, a summer and better. And now we're going to see it from the right because these people are all united. They saw like 3 million people there at the Capitol and if you hear anybody describing what it was like to be there, they're in a state of euphoria. Mm. They're like, wow, it was amazing. There was so many people and we could took control. And it's like they're, they, they got a, that, that same haze that you see on the other side. They've caught it now. But, you know, had that uh, gone the way you're describing and them not have entered the White House, it would have been a, a win-win. 
but because the, uh, a, a group of people decided to do what they did, it's like everyone, of course, gets labeled. It's just like when we were watching the riots over the summer, most people on the left could, they just said, oh, it was peaceful. And we were seeing buildings being burnt, cops having bricks thrown at them. And we didn't see the same thing that the other yeah, side was seeing. Know, but, you know, everything changes when you talk about the president of the United States. And he said, be there January 6th. It's going to be wild. That's documented. <laughs> um, then the fact that, you know, let's go to the Capitol. You know, these are like the little... Um, you know, if you really wanted to, to pick well, it apart. The left would call that a dog whistle. I love when they say that. Isn't that yeah. a dog whistle to do, you know, bad it's there, things? It's, it's definitely there. And you got all those people, man. Um, what do you think, Pat? I think they're going to have to work a little harder to find something besides that. I mean, really to say, hey, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. Uh, you know, he never did say anything about uh, an insurrection or overthrowing the government or you know, I don't think he ever said anything that was quite, you know, he, he didn't say they wanted, what, what do we want, dead congressman, when do we want him now, you know, uh, and uh, I, I don't think that that's, I don't think they can make anything like that actually stick. Or, or pigs in a blanket, uh, fry them like bacon. You yeah. know, I didn't hear any of those chants. By the way, 12-step mom just hit us with a uh, super sticker, a $10 super sticker. Thank you so much, 12-step mom. You're the best. Wow, this is great. I don't even know what this is. What is that stupid? This is Duty Ron set this up on my YouTube. It's it's called Super Chat, and people can actually. It's like being a stripper. They're throwing money at you, you know, on the nice, stage. Uh, it's very nice of Duty Ron. Duty Ron is is advanced in um, this kind of stuff, and Bill picked his ear, and he was kind enough to share his knowledge, which is rare. It really is. It's uh, most people won't do that. But Duty Ron is also a retired New York City detective who made over a thousand arrests during his career. So he yeah, we're going to be talking about he's that the real deal. Thing. So you know, that's killer. So uh, Pat, um, yeah. tell us well, what do you what what do you foresee for the for the future here right now? Because you said you you still don't see him as president. Does that mean that you think something's going to happen, or you just don't see it? Look, I mean, like the, it it hurts to hope at this point. I don't know. I can't even say. I feel as if there's some things that can come out and I feel as if that there's some uh, more than information. I think that there's some arrests that could be made. I think that, you know, I mean, the, the idea is that the military, I mean, supposedly, you know, I, I, suppose I, I saw a screen grab of a photo that said that the, the president's term ended, which would mean the military is in charge or something right now. Supposedly something's happening. I don't know. It's, I you saw know, that too. I saw that a couple of times, and then I went to uh, other sources to verify that, and I couldn't. Yeah, I know. I know. There, so there was a timestamp too, right? It's yeah, it's slippery. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I, as far as the force, the thing is, just that if if it goes the way it is right now with Biden as president, it's going to be so bad. I mean, it's going to be. Imagine this is only the beginning of them making lists, you know, and trying to round people up and stuff. And, and you know, again, just like the difference in the seven months rioting in the Capitol, they're rounding these people up all over the country, taking them back. They're really going out of their way to make this uh, an example, getting rid of everybody on Twitter, getting rid of everybody on all the social media. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to know how they got the FBI to start doing their job all of a sudden. I know, I know. Yeah. All of a sudden, the police are allowed to work. They're yeah, to go back to doing their jobs. It seemed. I mean, it didn't help that these guys walked in there with no masks. 
<laughs> every other Antifa thing that you see in BLM, they're covered from head to toe in black. They all look the same. If you're lucky, you get a tattoo as a distinguished. Mark, we just got hit with another $10 on Super Chat from Matt Sully. Matt, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Matt Sully. Yeah. You know, this, this, this reminds me of a time where I was doing, I was on stage at uh, the old Comedy Village. And there was a guy, Pat used to perform there as well. Um, there was a guy that used to come and he used to bring a call go with him during the week. He'd come a couple of times during the week, every week. And uh, he'd always heckle and, you know, we'd go back and forth with him and bust his balls. On this particular night, he brought a friend and that guy had his own call girl. So it's the two couples sitting there and um, that guy starts throwing money on the stage. And there was a comedian that was up before me. And he got really insulted by it. He was like, hey, man, don't you throw money on the stage. Um, you know, that you're, that's insulting. And he was really aggressive with the guy. And then he stormed off the stage and then he brought me up. I said, yo, my friend, listen, you know, I'm, I was married to a Greek girl. And at our wedding, uh, just to show their appreciation, they threw money on us. I love that feeling. If you want to throw money, go ahead. <laughs> the guy yeah. threw 60 bucks on stage, man. What? And uh, I walked off What kind stage. of comic would get insulted by that? He's got to be a fool. I don't know, man. The guy, the guy, the way the guy was doing it, his drunken stupor was annoying. But I just took it. I took it. I took his money. I put it in my pocket. It was three twenties. And then I, you know what kind of comic? A comic with a day job. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like Harry Chapin said in that song "Taxi." I tucked the bill in my shirt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know, which brings up twenty dollars. Yeah, it's a lot back then too. Yeah. So. um Back to the social media. What do you think is going to happen with that, Pat? I mean, um, I know that you said they're going to, uh, they're probably looking to stop all this stuff for the fourth, uh, you know, next couple of weeks. So we yeah. have a peaceful inauguration. But do you think that, uh, is there going to be another source? Because all these other sources, like, for example, Parler got knocked off. Um, they were all kind of sort of based, even if you have your own outlet, it has to be based somewhere. Right. Yeah, they can shut everything down. It scares me, man, because, you know, like uh, I work for a, a network, you know, compound. It's like they could conceivably take that out, you know, if they felt like it. Yeah, it's con I mean, it you know, they got to get through a, a lot of different layers before they get to you. But you can imagine it's common. Yeah, I, I could have swore I saw wow. a picture of you, Pat, in Nancy Pelosi's office. Yeah, well, weren't you know, the guy with the lectern running out with the lectern? <laughs> I say, I say this though. Uh, yeah. They can take out a lot of people just with one thing, you know, just go this whole whoever is carrying this and that, you know, like they could come up with a list. It's again, you know, another list is not that hard. Just tell anybody that, uh, you know, what, whatever it is, however it is, uh, whoever provides the service, you know, just cut them out. It's not that tough. You know, it, it's sort of like um, I don't know how you guys feel about getting the COVID vaccine. And, I, you know, I'll get it. I definitely will get it as soon as I'm offered it. I've but, already had I've already had it four times. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my point is, is that say you work in a specific job and you say, I don't want it. They could shut you down from going to your job. They could say this is mandatory. If you don't do it, you don't have a job. Almost. It's not yet, but I don't think. Well, it's I think it's getting close to that. What if you're a school teacher? Yeah, but don't forget a lot of healthcare workers refused it. Why would they do that? I don't know. I mean, I, they don't trust I, it. I don't know whether what I read was. I, I saw a meme today and it was like five women bodybuilders that were jacked 
and it, it, it had said yeah. nurses just got the COVID shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I saw that too. That yeah, was, I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that stuff is. Uh, they did not do a lot of testing on it, and I mean, anything that Bill Gates wants you to take at this point, you got to go. Oh, I don't know. Did you hear ever hear any rumors about that uh, that Trump network? I've heard no. it for about a year. I, I thought it would be fantastic if he came out and started something like that. You know? Oh, he's definitely going to do that. It's going to be Trump News Network. There's no doubt. Well, that'll be that'll. That's you, you know, be, you, you know, know the amount of blockades they'll try to throw in front of that. They'll sick the FCC on them. That's what they'll do. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. Know. If you start your own platform, um, I, I don't know. It doesn't have to be under his name. It could just be under another name. They'll figure it out. And, but uh, it should be under his name. There's no reason why anybody should have to hide something like that. This, I mean, uh, the fact that we have to duck and dodge this stuff now at this point is, you know, we had a free country like like in 2019, you know, and now it's like 2020 just wiped all that out. It's amazing. You think about just walking around carefree without a mask on, not thinking about any of this garbage. You had that choice. Wait, we thought it was intense just in the Trump era, you know, and then. 2020 really took it up 10 notches and well, well with conspiracy theories people will talk about a lot of people say this is all from china because they're the ones that are behind all these major companies and they didn't like trump because trump went after china yeah, yeah. but yet uh, there's a whole thing in china where their people are using his face on their social media platform so if you go and you look at their uh their profiles, everybody's using these particular group in China. They're all using Trump's face on their media profiles as, another, as a sign of support. Another good reason to, to they want to take him out, the CCP. You know, they don't want somebody to be rallying in support around the idea of freedom and all that. You know, they, they're not for that. Yeah. China's interesting because, you know, depending on who you talk to, uh, you know, Soul Joe's dad lives out there. And you've done shows for Soul Joe, Pat. Uh, the, you know, uh, his father, if you talk to him, he'll say, listen, the middle class over there is thriving. He goes, if you get on the phone and you're in a conversation and use words that you're not supposed to use, it hangs up on you. You wait a couple of minutes, you call back. Uh, same thing on social media. But other than that, he said it's a great life. I heard that, uh, you know, they were getting, I mean, I guess China's pretty big, but they were... Uh, there's a couple of guys that I, that I know that we were living there for a while and they came back and said, look, man, uh, you know, it was really nice at first, but then everything started to crumble. Even the infrastructure, it was all, a, it was all a, a bubble. It was all kind of like uh, built on, on a bad foundation, elevators breaking down and stuff like that. Uh, how, you know, neighborhoods, whole neighborhoods are sitting there unfinished and stuff. And uh, they started getting less and less friendly to anybody you know with the round eye and they they don't like uh with the round eye i like whatever that. <laughs> foreigners you know <laughs> uh, they, they're not into that so i you know that that's what i hear and uh, who knows like you said you know i mean i've never been but uh even if and i had know, i don't know if i'd trust it in the meantime uh netanyahu over there in israel has already announced that they're <laughs> they're going to the west bank even further they're starting a new establishment which is uh contrary to uh everything that biden is pledging in his platform so to make this announcement a week before biden becomes president is they're digging further into the west bank it's oh. that's not a you know there's a lot of uh 
these next four years are going to be, I, I wouldn't want to be um, president these next four years, dealing with the, uh, the end of COVID, if we're lucky, and then uh, the economy building it up. I don't know. Hey, Mark, Duty Run just hit us up with another five, man. It's like we're dancing on the stage. He's yeah. throwing money at us. <laughs> uh, let's Thank see. you, Duty Run. <laughs> hey, did anyone see the video? It was all over Facebook. And it showed two cops, a male and a female, and they locked the guy up for a gun. And they did a great job, but they were they were showing them not being able to put their knee in the guy's back to cuff him. Yeah, it was. It was. I felt so sorry for them because well, if did. that was a more experienced criminal, he could have, you know, put them in extreme, extreme danger. That's what they're up against in this city with this uh, diaphragm law. The guy yeah. couldn't put his. I would have had my knee planted in that asshole's back, you know. Yeah, they seem to have a lot of time to put that arrest together, and I'm, I'm happy it worked out for them. But it just goes to show you that um, <laughs> that's not the video that you want to show at the academy. Because uh, did you see it, Pat? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, well, that was something that we we. But that's what they're teaching in the academy right now. It's pathetic. Pathetic. Well, it's, it's good when it works out, but it's it's. Um, yeah, but if you get some jailhouse jack that just got out of Kaksaki and he's going uh, to run away, you know, and he's he's all jacked up with, you know, body by Kaksaki and, and you try to do that dance around them, he's going to knock you on your ass. Yeah, but Bill, at least we know that even if it's an attempted robbery or an attempted assault, that we will go to any lengths to get you. They went to California to get <laughs> that girl yeah. and go all over the country to bring these people back, man. We just saw it. We witnessed it. Yeah, yeah, they get to let no leave no stone unturned, you know, to get somebody like that, a white girl, twenty-two, whatever how old she is. Uh, yeah, that's a dangerous character. I'm trying to. I'm looking over here. See, a yes, fighting and run was none. Uh, well, they just arrested. Some... I'm well, sorry. They they just arrested a guy who beat the devil out of this woman at a uh, smoke shop down in Brooklyn. You know, and he got he just went behind the counter and unleashed. A woman's uh, 27 years old. He's 29. And then he's on top of her, swinging away. Uh, robs a place. Looks like he's left with a lot of money. This guy had 21 prior arrests. Eight of them sealed, I guess. And he's, uh, you know, he'd been on the loose. He's homeless. And so now he's charged in all these other subway beatings. You know, with these, it's, you know, nine beatings that, that they're getting him for. Uh, he's been in and out a lot. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, mean, uh -huh. I prioritize uh, that over, you know, going to California to get the attempted assault. But you know, that's yeah, you see how it sounds, and it just looks so stupid and horrible. Hmm. And like I said, it's a, it's. A, I don't like the crime at all. I, I think it was wrong. Um, she deserved the beating. I think a lot of these millennials and their attitudes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This, yeah. You just see it all the time. I mean, she's on television. She's 22, and she's going like this to Gail King, like with her hand, like enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> I had a detective that I don't tell you his name, but I would—he'd be on the phone, you know, and I'd say, "Hey, I'll just use his first name. You'll know who he is." I say, "Hey, Patty," and he'd go like this, uh -huh. and I'd say, oh, "Don't you ever do that. I'll shoot that hand," <laughs> <laughs> like to silence me. Like I'm busy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. This is a uh, thank you, duty, Ron, once again. Um, so, where do we go from here, Pat? I don't know. I mean, like, uh, it's going to be a weird year, no matter what. 
you know, and it's uh, I'd love to see Trump have eight more years. I'd like to I think we should just give up on the whole republic idea and go <laughs> ahead and install a monarch and have that be Trump and go into session. You know, like it would, would how much more easy would it be to have just one guy making the decisions? He seems like he makes pretty good decisions. You know, I mean, like, uh, despite what everybody says about him and everything, I, I think he'd do a pretty good job. Just give him absolute power. Just do it. <laughs> what do they say? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Don't they say that? Well, if he's so corrupt already, then what's the difference? Pat, I want to ask you something, though. When you do comedy, do you do these pro-Trump uh, monologues or no? Well, I do when I'm at a compound show, you know, and they have like the, a lot of compound fans <laughs> yeah. there. I'll do it then. Then I'm, then I'm straight up calling for genocide, you know. But uh, I could see you needing the National Guard to get out of a club like, you know, uh, New York comedy or something or no, Broadway I, comedy. I talk about whatever. I talk about women and stuff. I talk about, you know, I've been married sometimes, so I got plenty of stuff to talk about. But uh, that, I, don't think, I don't think there's any doubt where, which side I fall on, you know, if they're paying right. attention at all. You know, I love one of your, I mean, I love what, your jokes. I love your stand-up. But one of them that really tickled me to death, man, and I never I never get enough of, like, thinking about it or hearing it again, is the one where you say uh, you had went to a party and you saw this really beautiful girl on the other side of the room. And uh, you know which one I'm talking about? Uh-uh. And uh, you said to yourself, wow, she's way too hot for me. And then you saw her 10 years later. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, do it. Can you do it yeah, for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, do yeah. it for me. That's all I'm talking about, my, uh, the wife I had there, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw her. I couldn't even talk to her. She was so beautiful, you know. And then ran into her again. Didn't see her for seven years. Ran into her. And, uh, you know, the years have been how they've been, you know. She's pushing 40. I think I could probably fuck this girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I ended up getting married. <laughs> I got a new girl now, you know, I mean, like a divorce and the, the girl now we, we do a race sometimes. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know if you ever do a thing that you masturbate, right? And see who can finish first. Uh-huh. Do that? Yeah, we do that. We call it race baiting. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, right? I, I think you guys were in the mood for a joke. Hey, thank you, Bugsy Cruiser, for hitting us up. And Ryan Investigation hit us up with another five, man. It's like, I'm telling you, we're on stage dancing. I love this. Uh, this. Why, do I get a cut of this? <laughs> you know, at some point, we're going to have to share the wealth here. Uh, um, no, no, it's all yours. Yeah, yeah, I love that joke, man. It's it's just tickles me pink. So you saw her at a party seven years later, and guess what? You know, the years haven't been kind. She's pushing 40. She gained about 15, 20 pounds. <laughs> now all of a sudden, she's attainable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I could, yeah. get, I could get her now. Yeah, everything's everything flips over, you know. We, yeah, guys get all kind of we can we can get ugly. We were ugly to begin with, you know. <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, Joey Brooklyn hit us up with five too, man. Joey Brooklyn, thank you, Joey Brooklyn. You're the man. We love. I don't, I don't know the guy, but I, I like him already. With a name like Joey Brooklyn, how can you not like? <laughs> He's from Staten so, Island. Yeah, man, and you know it's funny because you work for Compound Media, and Compound Media is a comedy satire platform, and does it lean to the right? Yeah, absolutely. But the the it's it's comedy. It's satire. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like a, nowhere near a Trump channel. Let's put it that way. It's about no, comedy. No. It's about satire. Yeah. But that's why I mentioned, um, you know, how far down the rung do they have to go before they finally get to compound media? And um, 
And there's a lot of big fish to fry before they get to you. Let's hope they never do. Well, maybe they start small and work their way up. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't just, know. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, hearing a guy there go, I, hope, I don't want to get too big because you get too big, they start trying to take you out. You know, that's what happened to Alex Jones. Is he was just yeah. getting too getting too big. Same with Gavin McInnes. Getting too and the big. idea is Alex Jones was making a comeback, you know. Joe Rogan gave him uh, some love again. Uh, he interviewed uh, Michael Flynn recently. And it's ironic because he interviewed, I remember watching the Michael Flynn interview and that was the morning of the 6th. So right as Michael Flynn, and Michael Flynn gave an interesting interview uh, with, um, what's his name? Alex, Alex Jones. And now it seems like, once again, the poor the guy's hit a wall because you know, anything that's coming out of the right is going to be squashed for the time being. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, like, I don't get how that's allowed. Just political speech. You know, I mean, like, they really, they, they don't care about the First Amendment at all. I mean, they have power. You know, it is what it is. It does what it does, and that's it. It's, it's really something else. So many people are on board with it. But when you get those people lying at, at CNN forever anyway, I mean, like, they just say it. You know, I wish I was on the left. It's such an easy point of view. You know, if you ever get boxed in, you just call people racist. That's it. It's easy. You no, know, it's that like, word that word has lost all its power because it's overused. Everything is racist. You know, in fact, yeah. you know, they said the thin blue line. That's race. That's racist. The shirt I'm wearing right now is racist. You know, it, that's that's so ridiculous. I mean. How is the thin blue line? How is that racist? I, I just don't understand that. Oh, I can tell you. It's, you know, I can tell you what they would say. It perpetrates the whole, this whole systematic racism, you know. Of the- yeah, like, like, like the Cuomo brothers, two rich kids, the spoiled rich kids. One gets a job at CNN that was never in broadcasting, right? And the other it's one. Still not in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a. But, and the other one gets political jobs, right? He didn't fulfill his. Uh, assignment at the Manhattan DA's office. They're supposed to do three years when they get hired. I think he ran out after a year and a half because he was offered some political job by the Clintons. So, as we say on this show, his balls were dipped in butter from day one. Huh? <laughs> well, 12 step woman says, Sergeant Cannon, I watched MC's interview with you and didn't know that you did stand up comedy. <laughs> uh, neither does the comedy community. Yeah, they don't know either. She said, because you're very humble. I said, well, is this the same bill I'm, I work with? Humble. Well, you know what it is? I'm here with Mark, who's been doing it for 23 years, uh, and Pat Dixon, who's probably over 20, and I have a measly yeah. six years. So if you know anything about stand-up comedy, you're just scratching the surface when you've been doing it for six years, and you're really not like there, a veteran till maybe after 10, right? There is a certain... Um, you know, there's a certain, there's a lot of hoops you got to, I don't care who your brother or sister is or who your dad is, you know, like you could just tell, like you can look at uh, Chris Rock and Tony Rock and, and, and how they had to do their own work. The brothers, Jordan and Tony had to do their own work to come up on their own, you know? Um, yeah, you got it. So as far as much as, and the fact that me and Bill are both cops and, and uh, retired cops and do both of us do police material could be a little bit too much for one regular show if you're doing a cop show that's a different story but you know people will extend you a hand they'll give you uh some help here and there maybe somebody 
if you're if they're nice enough and they like you, they'll bring you on the road with them. But you pretty much is you're on your own with stand up. You know, you gotta you gotta figure it out. Nobody's balls are dipped in butter. <laughs> That's what I wish I had my mug. Hang on, I'll get a mug. Hang on. You got to work towards that. Yeah. Well, uh, it's up until a certain level. And then once you get okay in comedy, if you have friends in comedy or family in comedy, then they could give you, you got to get pretty good though first. Yeah, I guess so. But and once you do. These are our famous mugs. Yeah. Hey. Can you read that? <laughs> yeah. Nice. You show them the other side. You know, it's funny. We, we bought these for our Patreon fans and then like, uh, to, to send them out, if you want to just send them to a person, it costs $22 to ship a like $5 mug. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, it's ridiculous. So we're hoping we can just see our fans in public and hand them out, you know? Yeah. That being said, I was supposed to bring one to uh, Bill Ryan. Bill Ryan, that's right. That's your assignment. Oh, well, yeah. He lives in the Bronx. So I got I to gotta work that out with him. Um. Now also he's hitting us up on super chat. You gotta you bring him two mugs. Yeah, two mugs. <laughs> uh, no, but and the reason it's so popular is because it says dipped in butter. And I and I said to Mark, when we were making the mug, should we have balls dipped in butter? He goes, no, 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 just put dipped in butter. They'll understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean Bill's, you know, Bill's crazy. He's uh, <laughs> what can I do? I gotta reel him in sometimes. <laughs> he wanted to put balls dipped in butter. I said, yeah. <laughs> You're sitting there with your kids having you a cup of coffee. And now you got to explain what balls did. It's just put dipped in butter, I told him. He was right. Yeah, Mark was yeah. right. I, I backed one of off. The, one of the very few times that I'm right. <laughs> he was right. right. And I, I balls off the mug. Yeah. 12-step uh, woman says, oh, my gosh, comedy is extremely needed. My way to cope and deal. And it was. And I think that's a reason why it's kind of been eliminated for the most part in big cities where it thrived. And I don't know whether that's uh, manipulated, whether it's on purpose, it's a, it's a form of free speech. I think the, um, the powers that be, if there is a conspiracy to shut down free speech, think that comedians jokes and words uh, carry more weight than they actually do. Well, I mean, the thing is the spirit, the free spirit of it, you know, I mean, like oh, yeah. anybody can get up there and say anything. They don't want that. Uh, it's why have it if you don't have to, you know, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that I also don't. I think in, in the vacuum where there's no free speech that that might start to have a lot more power. You know, that kind of thing could become uh, a lot more intoxicating to people and a lot of people like, oh, yeah, this guy makes sense. You know, I mean, you could be. Uh, opening up a channel, you know, for, for, you know, potential, you know, uh, chaos, like people not wearing a mask everywhere they go and stuff, not socially uh, distancing properly and singing at Thanksgiving and all that. But they, they do want to look at the, I mean, even on TV, have you seen the late night shows lately? Stephen Colbert hasn't been funny, man. I, I don't like, I don't watch that stuff anymore, but I catch a little bit here and there. Wow. It's hey, duty Ron just hit us up with another $10. So keep talking, Pat. Thank you, Duty Ron. <laughs> yeah, late yeah. TV. Um, I, I, my heart goes out to those guys. I don't agree with anything that they say, um, uh, but they really have a tough job because now we're used to have a studio audience. You pretty much, unless you're SNL, you're doing it in the studio by yourself. Your guest is sitting uh, about 10 to 25 feet away. You're supposed to have a natural conversation. The whole thing is absurd. 
it's absurd. And it looks absurd. It sounds absurd. Everything about it is it's like, oh, I don't even know what I'm watching. But you know something, Pat? I've even heard comics like go on social media and say, anyone that agrees with this can unfriend me and can unlist me. And un I'm like, you're just as bad as the government. How are you a comic calling out basically well, cancel culture? I want to cancel this person because they think this way. Yeah, I yeah. find that horrendous. I mean, I find that so anti-democratic and anti-freedom, you know? There's, there's um, like we go back to the beginning of the show. We're being forced to not only be informed, but pick a side and um, regardless of what your lifestyle is. So even if you are never into politics right now, um, listen, I got one vote, okay? It doesn't make that much of a freaking difference, obviously. And the other thing is, um, you know, it doesn't matter who you vote for because they might not work in your favor. I worked in the police academy. I got a job there that I loved. Obama was the president at the time. I lost a job under the Trump administration you know, because of the defund the police. And uh, so how do, just because you vote one way doesn't mean it's going to work out for you. That's you true. know, people are better off voting for the uh, the part. Like, for example, uh, my last name is really Sanchez. That's how I pay my taxes. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if anybody should just freaking stay shut and uh, take the government's money that's coming. You know, I'm 53. I worked hard my whole life. I could sleep here. I could I could get my videos for free and, and get the pot for free or everything I need to just relax in my house. That's what the future for most of America is going to be. We're not yeah, but Mark, where do they start hearing about the super chat money you're getting? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, look, once AI takes over, right, and the, the trucks drive themselves, which is not that far away, they're going to eliminate so many different jobs. There's going to be so many people sitting at home that's why they're legalizing marijuana in, in all these states, because they want you to pacify yourself. They want you to stay home stupid, watch TV, take a little money and shut the fuck up. But you're way ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that'll be, I mean, a lot of people won't mind that, you know. Uh, it, it seems as if that's just a middle stage until whatever's next, you know. It's not like people are going to get to do that forever. They're like, now, okay, we got everybody staying at home, smoking pot. Now we can, uh, I don't know whatever is you know weld them into their houses and, and whatever's next well there's a thing called basic comprehensive income where they want to give people that don't work like two thousand dollars a month to do yeah. nothing just to right. stay home and smoke weed and watch the boob tube and go online and you know tweet things that they agree with and you know all of those things you know, i saw a guy i forget who the writer is but he said or his idea was this idea that everybody has to work is absurd. hey mark we just hit the jackpot sergeant melinda just hit us with 99.99 dollars thank you so much sergeant melinda that's amazing sergeant melinda yeah she's a fan she's a, oh man can i read what she said she wrote uh, I love you all, you Bill. You're awesome, and I'm very proud of you. Keep on keeping on, brother. Ninety nine point ninety nine. Thank you so much, Sergeant Melinda. That's Thank amazing. Ninety nine, ninety nine. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, who knew anyone would throw money at us? I feel like I, you know, I'm dancing on the stage. I can't really swing from the pole, though. You we know? should do a marathon. Keep just going for 24 hours. <laughs> this is a 24-hour marathon. Police <laughs> over back, Come back next month. <laughs> we need some more. <laughs> well, that being said, we're approaching the hour. We don't want to be gloms. 
Um, <laughs> let's give a shout out to our new Patreon customer. His name is uh, Craig Cody. And uh, he's a, is he a retired member of the service, right? Yes, he's a retired lieutenant. Yeah, he actually um, has a podcast. Uh, I forget exactly what it was about, but it, uh, he works in finance. But he had some podcast that he was doing for some like uh, some dentist or something. And it was uh, he was, you know, it wasn't supposed to be funny or anything like that. But he had uh, when I called him, he had given me a couple of tips on podcasting, you know, maybe about six months or a year ago. Uh, Bill, um, Duty Ron is telling you that uh, uh, Sergeant Melinda, retired Sergeant Melinda is part of the Duty Ron family. No, I know that. I, I that's where I met her. I, I've d- done a few shows for uh, for Duty Ron on sort of like real time uh, crime shows, and Sergeant Melinda is one of his biggest fans, and um, that's where I met her on there. And I, just, Sergeant Melinda, you're the best. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for following police off the cuff. You know, and Duty Ron, thank you for um, turning on your fans to us. Hey Pat, uh, how, how often are you getting up on stage lately? Um, no, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at Scotty's pub coming up January 22nd, 23rd. So I'm getting up wherever I can, but that's going to be a big weekend. Uh, January 22nd, 23rd, Scotty's pub at Morris Plains, New Jersey and uh, headlining there, uh, with some other good acts, but about, you know, a couple of times a month is, is, you know, about the best you can do. Now I'm just trying to figure out how to get in touch with duty run. <laughs> you know maybe pat maybe i'll see if duty ron would uh put you on his show you know yeah, oh, yeah. Ron, uh check out the the new york city crime report the crime report uh pat is not only a hilarious comedian but he's also a journalist he's a couple of shot uh um Couple of credits shy of having his degree in journalism. Something yeah. uh, the third, that was about the time of the second marriage. Uh, <laughs> pulled him right out of school, right? <laughs> right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 Pat, I know you must have quit a lot of things in your life, but one of the things you got to quit is smoking cigarettes, man. I, I'm I'm dying of cancer just watching you smoke. I already did. I quit for 15 years. Got married the third time. Started back. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. You've been married. Um, you said you've been married three times. How did you meet your first wife? In high school. Yeah. How did you, well, how'd you do that? I looked all over the school. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. That's a great joke. And you yeah. found one? And you found? Found what? My wife. Yeah. yeah. First wife. High where'd school you, where'd you grow up? What town? Uh, down in uh, Tennessee or South Carolina, Georgia, wherever I'm from. Oh, you're from the South. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, this, this, this latest edition, I appreciate the personal questions, guys. It's like you're trying to get to know me in the last 30 seconds. That's right. That's right. But, uh, the, uh, uh, I just wanted to get another joke out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Panuccio is on the la- uh, latest episode of New York City Crime Report. You know, 40 years uh, NYPD, uh, Night Watch Detective. He's a great guest always. And he's been on quite a bit lately and love having him. So that show just came out today. That's Brand great. new, fresh. Yeah, with the new New York City crime stories in there. A lot of weird ones too, man. A lot of weird stuff. A guy got a gun into court. Guy shot up the hospital. Sloan Kettering. You probably heard about that. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, guy with the club swinging it down in Tribeca. Yeah, ten people. He hit ten people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went nuts. So we got some reactions from the victims there that we're talking about. And uh, yeah, it's it, it, man. Did you 
you've seen everything going on, but that, that all that stuff going down with the uh, the how many people were dancing on that car, you know, busted up that car a little while back, wilding in the streets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The BMW. Yeah. Right, right. That was a scary situation. I mean, um, God bless those people for not taking off. Yeah. And then they were all like 14, 15 year olds. 16 Which means can't arrest them. They, they go to family court and they get their uh, corporation counsel and it's just no problem at all. I mean, it's literally over before it even started. While you're on your way to go try and find these kids and identify them, you know this is a complete waste of time. Mm. Nothing's going to happen. You know, you know? When, in, the, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, I was in street crime in 1988. We used to get these huge wolf packs, we used to call them. And sometimes they'd be 30, 40 deep of kids just going and just attacking people in oh. huge groups in like Times Square and around that area. And street crime used to put, I don't know, sometimes 10, 15 cars into uh, Midtown South. And uh, we knew how to break those crowds up. And that was also, uh, the Guardian Angels were huge back then. Curtis Sleewa, I used to see him in Midtown all the time. But Midtown back then was like a school for crime. There were robbers came from all over the city to ply their trade in Midtown. Well, Easter was uh, the big the big showdown. That's where the meeting of the meetings of the gang. Easter Sunday, the meetings of the gang right there in Times Square. It was crazy. Yeah, that's the way the if you're a gangbanger, that's the way you celebrate Easter. Hey, Duty Ron just hit us up with another twenty. He said cigarettes for Pat. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We love it. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, Thank Pat, you. I'm going to try to get you on Duty Run's show. I'm sure we'll talk after this show. Not me and you, but myself and Duty Run. I'll, I'll beg him to put you on the show. I, I'd be, I'd be love to be on. I mean, show. you're a, you're a hell of a guest anyway. I mean, I should even have to beg. You're a funny uh, guy. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for having me. Always a pleasure. Always. Yeah. We love having you on the show, man. It's like you should have been a cop. You, you have that old time detective look, you know. That's and all you, it takes. you already got. You already smoking the cigarettes of the old time detectives, right? I should have been a detective back then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nashville. I think it's a compliment. Nashville, uh, Lee Terry, did you guys get my reply email on Patreon with Captain Bird's number? Yes, I did. I did. All yeah. right. Um, I did get it. Duty Ron and uh, his family in Florida. He's got family in Florida. They're tuning in tonight, too. Wow. Uh, Pat, they want to get to know you on the way out the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Pat, I'm going to get you on Duty Run show. I, I think he'd love to have you because you're a funny guy, man. I, I'd love to do it, man. I'd yeah, love yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll even dress. <laughs> Are you going to have the same background? Can oh, you yeah, change, yeah. Can you change the background, or oh, that guy will still be there, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he won't be. Uh, he'll be slumped over by then, maybe. But uh, well, how do you set that background up? Like, where, where do you go for that? Oh, just a zoom, you know, just uh, they, they got a they got a setting on there. I'll show you. Yeah, you got to tell me about that. I my background is uh, is as good as it's going to get. It is what it is. I got my uh, 9-11 memorial there. My father's flag from when he passed away. A uh, couple of uh, mementos from the PD. But uh, see, when we left the SBA, they gave me the police off the cuff banner. So Mark didn't get anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even have a place to put that up there. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. Know, that, I got a short. That short. thing's like six feet long. I know it doesn't look like it's like six foot wide and about. You know, what's funny is your room. Three and a half feet high. That you're sitting in, Bill, looks about the size of my apartment. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Not, <laughs> but this isn't, a, this isn't a, this isn't a, like an eight by 12 room. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That you're that room right there that you're sitting in. They, they, it's like your throwaway room in your house. Yeah. Like you just set up your, your family, let you take that room. That's your man cave. That's my yeah. whole apartment right there. Well, yeah. you know, when we, Pat, when we first started this and we're coming up on two years, February 9th, I think will be two years. We've been doing Thanks. this show Great. and we used to do it at the bar in my living room. I have, yeah. a, I have a bar there, and it was actually a pretty cool place to do it. But, you know, you don't really want to do the show in your home, you know? Hey, Pat, are you the one that told me that uh, you never you, you never want to carry anything more that you – you never want to have any more that you can put in two garbage bags? <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> me. I don't think it was. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to always keep it Spartan. That's the way to go, man. Nothing, <laughs> And I've done a good job with that. I've obtained Minimalist. zero. You're a minimalist. <laughs> minimalist. That's what I got for Christmas this year, right? Oh, that's a nice present. I got one of those. Uh, I love those. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a. It was. A, you a always lose them though. So far, so good, man. Yeah, so far, so I've good. I lost my Zippo a thousand times. I found <laughs> it a thousand times, but there's usually like days in between. I never lose my big lighters though. That freaking thing, until it runs out, it's always in my face. Yeah, yeah. If they're easier to keep up with for some reason. I don't know why. But that, this one right here is staying with me at all times. Well, any parting words, Bill? I I mean, I love Pat, man. I, I think he's a great guest. He's a funny, funny comic. I love his just quiet, sardonic, you know, his manner. It's, it's great. He seems like he was a cop, you know, but uh... you're, you're, that's too kind, Bill. Thanks. You know, I appreciate that. Thanks very I've much. I've done a ton of shows with Pat, stand-up shows, and I've been on his uh, podcast plenty of times. Not only is he hilarious, but he's a gentleman. Um, and, you know, the guy's got love in his heart, man. He's, uh, he's always looking for love, this guy. <laughs> I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many places. How many people you know, Bill, have been married four times? Well, he's gonna get married again four times. Right well, uh, yeah, I'm Wait, engaged was, now. Uh, didn't we? Oh, it was it was the the woman we were talking the homicide that she was married five times. That lady uh, uh, killed both her kids. She was married five times. You know, does that trick still work with the uh, when you give him the ring and you say, "Listen, this is an heirloom. This was my grandmother's ring. It means a lot to me." <laughs> no, does that still I, work? Right? I don't. I don't go through all that anymore. You know, I just I try to be straightforward. I can't afford a ring, so uh, you know, you just have to deal with it. You just aim lower and lower as years go by. But the girl I got now, fantastic, love her, engaged. As soon as the divorce is final, we're gonna make it official. <laughs> I love you, man. I they, they, people comment. Sergeant Melinda said she loves the movie that that song came from. Do you guys, you guys know the name of that movie? Looking for love. I, I know, but I do remember the Saturday Night Live when Eddie Mer looking but no, but no. <laughs> no, it, it was called Urban Cowboy with John Travolta. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And That's I think Mickey Gilly sang that song. He was a great country western guy. And uh, who's the female actress that was the Deborah lead? Winger? That's right, Deborah Winger. Yeah, Deborah Winger. She was the. It's like, oh, my balls are killing me. Female lead. You know, I was at a restaurant here up in Westchester in um, Pleasantville one night. It was by the train station. I forget the name of it. It's not the same name anymore. And Deborah Winger was there by herself, uh -huh. knocking down vino. That's and I looked. I looked over at. I was like, she looks familiar. And it was Deborah Winger.
See, you saw her 10 years ago. She couldn't approach her now. Who knows? Yeah, you give her. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> the 10 years of beat her up. Yeah. Yeah, Those yeah. Those 10 but... years weren't easy. They used to say, those are dog years. <laughs> Sometimes you got to wait them out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long game. Think long game. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember when you were pretty. <laughs> well, you know, something I remember, uh, and it was actually right around 2001. It was exactly, it was 10, 10. It was the day before 9-11. Uh-huh. I was working security at the Michael Jackson concert at Madison Square Garden. And Elizabeth Taylor was like a hanger on with Michael Jackson. And I remember Michael Jackson came backstage and in a very like low voice, he says, I need a safety pin because his button had popped on his pants. And so no one like jumps to get him a safety pin. And Elizabeth Taylor goes, someone please get him a safety pin. I was like, oh my God. Like I thought it was, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? She came out of nowhere, you know? And like everyone was like, this is crazy. And then some little bucket comes in with a safety pin, you know, and gives it to him so he could. You know, you mentioned Elizabeth (laughs) Taylor because right after 9-11, I worked uh, like, I think four or five days after we we set up a, a family center where you can come in. Uh, basically tell the police department that you have a loved one that's missing. And then we would take a missing persons report. We would collect DNA. And you know who showed up that night in the, um, with the armory? Uh, I think it's on 26th Street in Manhattan. Yeah. was Elizabeth Taylor. And she came in with, uh, remember that guy that used to be the French hairdresser? He used to wear that cowboy hat. He had the long ponytail. He was big back then uh, in the 80s and stuff. Oh, it's called Lagerfeld? No, Not no, that no. Guy. I forgot what the guy. But anyway, I'm I like I I've, I grew up on Black Velvet. I grew up. Uh, uh, I mean, my favorite movies. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, you know, the one, the one with Montgomery Cliff. Uh, where they from, from here to eternity. Well, no, she wasn't in that, but she was in the um, Sweet Bird of Youth. Uh, there's so many movies she was in, uh, but that one. Cleopatra, she was in. Yeah, and now I'm standing next to uh, Elizabeth Taylor, and I couldn't. I followed her around like a little puppy, and she finally looks up at me and she goes, "Oh, you're a cutie," and she smacks me on the on the cheek a couple of times. And the fact that I got to meet, uh, even for just to be breathe the same air as Elizabeth Taylor, man, it just goes to show you, man, life can be great sometimes. What a beauty! (laughs) And she was was so tiny. She was so so tiny. I could, and you know, on the screen, she's so big. yeah, uh, the one with Montgomery Cliff. You never, you know what I'm talking about? Oh. When uh, she's the rich girl and Charlie Winters is the poor girl and he's poor. His mother was a missionary. He goes to work for his rich uncle. He meets Elizabeth Taylor, but he winds up getting Shelly Winters pregnant. And Shelly, uh, Elizabeth Taylor's rich and he wants to go with her, but now he's got this pregnant girl. And Shelly Winters can't swim, by the way, so you figure it out. <laughs> I thought she was the one in the Poseidon adventure who saved everybody. <laughs> it was funny because Shelly Winters was young and she was hot at the time, but she wore no makeup for that whole movie because she couldn't, you know, she had to play the kind of sort of the average girl. And uh, I still can't believe A Place in the Sun. That's the name of the movie, A Place in the Sun. For all of our fans that are watching, you want to see Elizabeth Taylor in a great role and Montgomery Cliff and Shelly Winters is great in it. Um, but that being said, Pat, you want to say anything on the way out? 
God bless everybody. Stay American, you know, and support the cops, of course. And, uh, you know, oppose bail reform for the love of God. That's what we were talking about this last episode of New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon. You can find it on iTunes or wherever. And, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Appreciate it. Oh, and January 22nd, 23rd, I'm at Scotty's Pub in Morris Plains. There you go. That's great, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Pat, it. Pat, thanks so much me. for coming on the show. And I, I'd like you. to just, again... This was the first night we used the uh, super chat, and I'd like to first thank uh, Duty Ron for uh, actually turning on all your fans to our show. Sergeant Melinda, you're amazing. I mean, I never expected something like that. Joey Brooklyn, uh, Bill Ryan. Uh, there's a few others that hit us up with the super chat. I can't remember everybody, but thank you so much. It's very much appreciated. And um, if you really like the show, Mark and I have a Patreon, and uh, it's www.patreon.com slash police off the cuff. We have three tiers. The first one is called The Bucket, and that costs seven bucks. You don't want to be a bucket, though, so don't do the seven-buck tier. The next tier is called Polish My Rack, and I have a picture of my rack from when I was a sergeant, and that's $9. That's not so bad. And for the $11 Lollapalooza tier... It's called Dipped in Butter, and we already discussed that. So if you want to be a Patreon customer, you want it dipped in butter, and that's for sure. And Mark and I do a separate show under the Police Off the Cuff banner. Mark does a show called One-on-One -on -One with Mark DeMeo, which was also morphed into Ask a Cop, and he lets people come on the show and they ask a cop any question they want. And I do a show called Real Crime Stories, and we do it separate and apart for each other, but under the same banner of uh, Police Off the Cuff. And I just want to say to all of um, people watching and all of our fans, thank you so much for the support. We've been doing this almost two years now, and we're, we're like people, we're like blind people, Braille. We're feeling our way along on how to do this correctly. It's not easy. It's getting better, though. Yeah. It's getting better. We got... Uh... Thanks for duty, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill's got, up, Bill's got a great mic there. He's got headphones on. Yeah. I got I got to hook my stuff up. I'm I got I got two of those lights. I got one of those circle lights over there, one over there, because people tell me, you're washed out. We can't even see you. You're like a you ghost. Should, you should get the lights with the tanning bulbs, too. This way you can get a tan at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're on for an hour. Why not get tan, too? That's true. All right. Um, uh, anybody who tuned in tonight, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're back Thursday. Thursday, we got a great show. Oh, my God. You Look who we got Thursday. Duty, duty Ron. We got Duty Ron. <laughs> gonna get, we're going to make a million dollars that night. I, I got a feeling Pat may be parked in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I love Pete Panuccio, too. But you know what I, I want to say about Pete Panuccio that I don't like? If you call him, he doesn't call you right back. And in this business, it's immediate shit. Like, if I'm calling him, I need to talk to him now. And if he doesn't get right back to me, what I was going to talk to him about or offer for him to do no longer exists an hour from now. You know what I mean? It's weird. He always calls me right back. Really? Well, maybe he likes you better. <laughs> I only called him once. And before I called him, he called me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he Pat, tell him that he better call me back if he wants to be in showbiz. You got it. All right. Thank you so much, Pat. Thanks again, man. You're great once again. All the Anytime. best to you. I'll see you around the block. See you later. Later.